And we are in Acts chapter 8. So come on back in. We're in Acts chapter 8 today. Today we are going to talk about the act of local and global mission. As we enter the new year 2024, most of you guys know we've been studying the book of Acts. And as we've done that, we've been looking through the first section of the book of Acts. And our uh, purpose of this study was very simply to see, look into, look at what the followers of Jesus did in the very first church in the first century and follow such behavior ourselves. So I think we're in our eighth or ninth week now, and I'm just going to very quickly recap for you. We uh, talked about gathering. It's the very first thing they did. Jesus told them to gather. So we talked about the value of gathering, um, which is really important. In our culture now, the average Christian attends a church service or function one or two times a month. And um, that is woefully different than the example given to us in the faith uh, and in the Scripture. And um, you may never come back when I say this to you, but I will tell you, if you are only able to meet with other Christians one or two times a month, then you're doing too many other things in your life, and you need to work less or play less or watch Amazon Prime less or something, because you were made for eternal things, not football. It's just the way it is. And so we're called and encouraged to gather. We're encouraged to pray. I'm really excited. We have uh, Dina ba uh, Bales' email. I'm used to Bales Pinkney. Change that email. Uh, Dina Pinkney is, uh, has headed up prayer for many years, and we were just talking last week about really trying to uh, just begin some new ways to organize prayer in the church. And so we talked about that. We talked about experiencing the Holy Ghost and the experience of Acts chapter 2. We talked about uh, giving witness, which is the, when the church began then to share their faith. And we talked about sharing life together, which is where the church was sharing life and getting to know one another. Facing persecution, a very difficult message a few weeks ago, but that's part of Acts, and we want to prepare ourselves for that. We talked about caring for the weak last week and how the church took care of those among them and didn't overlook anyone. And uh, today we're talking about local and global mission, which the truth is about 70% of the book of Acts is devoted to uh, missions. They're just going out. And, uh, and then next week will be our final. We're going to talk about their, their struggle, and this is a real important one, to uh, hold to good theology. Very, very important in 2024. Extremely important. So today we're talking about, uh, we're going to look at Acts chapter 8, how they began uh, and continue to go out in mission. And uh, kind of want to talk local and global today. Uh, in one eight, Jesus says, I want you to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the remotest part of the earth. So that's kind of understood as a neat grid. Jerusalem sort of where you are right now. That's your family and the people immediately around you. And then Judea and Samaria were surrounding districts, and I would say that's probably your neighborhood, your city, maybe a little bit beyond your city. And then the remotest part of the earth, and we don't have to really think a whole lot to figure out what that is. It's sort of just as far as you can go, um, go. And uh, 
<clears throat> so, and it's really important, guys. Um, you know, I've said often that balance, um, you know, if we had three basic values of this church, it would be worship, our relationship with God, community, our relationship with each other, and then uh, compassion, our relationship with those outside. And it's incredibly important that we do all three of those things and keep them in balance. So uh, as we start, the first thing I want to do is I want to highlight a few of the ministries in this church, and I've asked Chris and April and Merle to share a couple minutes each about uh, some of the things that we're doing around the town and have a few testimonies. So if you three would come on up here, let's give them a welcome. And uh, these are three that are involved in a lot of sectors, I'll let you start, Chris, um, of the church outreach, but I specifically asked Chris to talk about our mission uh, downtown outreach, I asked April to talk about our dry goods pantry, and I asked Merle to talk about uh, free prayer air, but we'll see what comes out of these guys. We're going to take a couple minutes each, and you guys, if you would, yeah, just stand right in front so they can see you on the camera and tell us about, I have props too, so... Yes, sir, go for Good it. Good morning. You know, uh, last uh, summer, I think it was last summer, there was a group of us that went to... You got to talk in this or they can't hear you online. There you go. Can you hear me? That's it. Okay, well, last summer, I think it was, a group of us went to the Billy Graham uh, library, and I saw Billy Graham's Bible. For I the saw, people online. I saw Billy Graham's Bible. And uh, it was open... <laughs> Am I doing okay? You're doing great. You just, they want to hear you online. Okay. You there hear you me go. online. That's it. That's Billy it. Billy Graham's library. I saw his Bible in a glass case, and it was open to John 3. And he had, highlight, well, he had a lot of things highlighted, but my eyes went to where he highlighted where it says, unless a man is born of the water and the spirit, he shall not enter the kingdom of God. Flesh is born of flesh. Spirit is born of spirit. And the wind blows where it wills. It comes, I'm paraphrasing, but... And the same with the spirit. And out in the margins in his right, own handwriting, he wrote, and I guess this was his interpretation, that's a complicated thing to understand what Jesus was saying there, but this was Billy Graham's interpretation. He said, the word is the water that primes the pump that brings, that leads to conviction by the Holy Spirit. And I thought about that. That's the kind of work that we're doing as we collaborate with the Holy Spirit at the mission, isn't it? You know, just to be involved with people like Dean and Terry and, you know, sharing the word, what Jesus is doing in their lives. You know, Kevin and Carolyn, David and Vanessa, Marcia, um, another David, um, Nate. Uh, just to have people share with those men you know, what Jesus is doing in their lives and what the word means. And it's great to see you know, the Holy Spirit working. I remember the last time William, the guy with the Carolina Panthers hat on, he said to me, um, I'm really glad that you guys come. I'm really glad that um, you guys come and don't preach down to us. You know, you keep yeah. it real. And he made a commitment that night, and we prayed for him, and it was great to see the Holy Spirit work. And also this past week, I'm going to get into the free prayer just real quickly, a real quick story. Absolutely. Um, 
but there was a lady that came and, and she uh, uh, had had an accident with her three children and you could tell that she was feeling guilty about her, her children being harmed. And, um, and so uh, Jeff said, okay, we're gonna pray for you. And he gave her words of encouragement and we all prayed. And I got kicked during the prayer. Have you ever been kicked during the prayer? Any, anybody been kicked during the prayer? Well, I didn't know exactly what was going on. Maybe I said thee instead of thou or something. I don't know. But, but afterwards, Jeff told me, I was trying to get your attention, Chris, because I wanted you to see her face. As we were praying for her, for her, her eyelids were flittering. And he said, I wanted you to see the Holy Spirit working with her. And, you know, that's been a blessing for Nancy and I this past year that we've been fellowshipping here just to, with you all sharing and Jeff, making us more aware of, you know, things aren't just coincidences. There's things that are really happening. You know, the Holy Spirit is really powerful and it really works, and it's great to be a part of that at the, at the mission and with free prayer. You know, as I look out at those men who are 30, 40, 50, and 60 years old, and here I am, 70, I see my students, because I was a high school principal for a long time. And I think about my students, and they remind me of my students who would come into my office and I would have to discipline them or give them detention. I would talk to them about being responsible and the choices they make, how that will affect their lives. And I could look at those men and say, see, I told you so. See, what's becoming your life? And now I'm really touched by the fact that they have all these addictions, but Chris Quinn has addictions too. Now I'm addicted to judgmentalism, to worry, to self-image, to security. I'm just like them. And I need to be reminded of that, mm. that I'm just like them. The ground at the cross is level for everybody. We're all just right. the same. We all have these things, don't we? And I think if Jesus came to Augusta, he'd spend some time out here and at Evans and Harlem and places like that. But I think he'd spend most of his time down there on Walker Street, talking to Kevin and Ken and Andre and Brent and Ennius and Bo Diddley <laughs> and Comaine. Y'all pray for Comaine. Kamein was there, and I don't know where Kamein is. If you'd like to hear more about Kamein's story, I'll talk to you afterwards, but pray for Kamein. But Jesus would be there, and that's why we're there. Amen. 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 Thank you. Hi. Good morning. Uh, so I've lived internationally uh, for a few years outside the country, and I've traveled all over the world. I've seen hurt and need in many different countries that I know a lot of people in this church have as well. But the reality is there is need in our community. Mm -hmm. It's real and it is near to us. It's not just here on Sunday mornings with all of us, right? We come in here for a reason. We need something. We need Jesus. But maybe you come in here because you're hurting in your relationships. You're hurting financially. That is the same throughout our community. So the second Saturday of every month, we open our doors and we hand out laundry detergent and we hand out deodorant and toilet paper 
People come for those things because they need them, but we are able to give them so much more than that because it's not just about that. And honestly, I think some people come more for the prayer than anything else. There are some Saturdays where almost every single person comes to us and says, yes, I need prayer, and they're hurting. There are tears shed, either for themselves or for other people in their lives. And even when it's the end of the pantry and we're running low on stuff and people are coming through and we're giving them what we've got left, we are able to bless them and be a little bit of Jesus to them in that moment. Because again, there's hurt throughout the world, but it's near and it is very real. Amen. Thank you. Free prayer and hot coffee. Um, Just keep talking. We'll figure that microphone thing out. Free prayer and hot coffee. Um, but for God, there go I. Um, I'm not without faults. I'm not without trouble. I create my own sometimes. Um, the, the ability to plant seeds, and there's somebody speaking into my life right now that uh, prompts me to plant seeds. And I'm trying, but I got a long way to go. Um, we had a wonderful meeting last Monday night, and a waitress came in and I was talking to her, and then somebody beside me says, do you need prayer? And she, yes, she did. And she asked for patience. And I was right there talking to her, and I missed it. So I'm still learning, learning how to grow, and God, <laughs> God spoke to me Saturday night, Friday night, through a dream. And I thought I had the verse messed up in two seven, Acts 2.17. I thought young men were dreaming dreams and old men were seeing visions. <laughs> when I looked it up, I found out, no, young men are seeing visions and old men dream dreams. Well, I was working on a gate. I'm still working on the gate. But God gave me how to fix it. I had it fixed. It didn't drop anymore, but I couldn't open the gate. <laughs> so that didn't work. But God wants us to go wherever. And it's not my makeup to go wherever and speak to somebody. Mm -hmm. But that's what God wants us doing. He wants us sharing his love to people that need it. And hopefully I have his eyes and his ears and his words to tell others about Jesus. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate each of you three sharing. Those are, you know, some of the ministries we've done uh, planned official. I love what Merle said, though. I mean, he, I think it was Cracker Barrel Monday. And so the waitress at Cracker Barrel needed prayer. 
And that's not Jeff's job. It's our job, wherever we are. So we are the body, and we are to take the Lord out on mission. Let's pray. I want to look at Acts chapter 8 and look at a few things I think that we can relate to our lives as we seek to be on mission as the early church was. So let's pray, and uh, we'll take a look at this. Holy Spirit, we ask you to fill us as you have and are, and we say to you, here am I, speak, and here am I, send me, Lord, wherever you would. I pray for a fresh uh, awakening in each of our lives, a sobriety to the things of God, to um, the people around us in need. God, we repent of being focused on our problems all the time. From the time we wake up to the time we lay down, it seems sometimes, I know for me, I just think about me and all my things, and I miss so many things around me. As a church, we repent of that. We repent of being so in the world that we don't notice people that are in need. And I ask you this morning to quicken us, put your spirit on us again, and open the doors of this church to be a place of welcome for the lost, for the addicted, for the poor, for people that are abused and hurting and broken, and that you, Jesus, would be here, and you would do the things that you do, and your good gospel would go out, and we would see our lives and the lives of others changed. Lord, send us out in our neighborhoods and workplaces and meetings and Kroger and Cracker Barrel, wherever it is, we just ask you to do these things and just speak to us through your word this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 8, we're going to start in 25. This is uh, a part of the book of Acts that is where we see the church really beginning to spread out far. And as I said before, most of the book of Acts, really uh, from chapter 8 or 9 onward, uh, for the most part, is simply the church being sent out on mission. So, you know, it's something to think about that, you know, 20, about 20 of the 28 chapters of Acts are about the church going out and sharing the faith and the missionary journeys of Paul and Peter and Barnabas and others. The context of today's passage is the persecution has just continued uh, through Paul, who at this point is not yet a believer. And so the disciples are spreading out, preaching the gospel of Jesus in areas surrounding Jerusalem. And we're going to take up with quite a wonderful story in chapter 8, verse 25 through 40. And let's read that. Let's pray. uh, Lord, just do it. May we be like Philip. Verse 25, And so when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem. They were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans, but an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. He arose and went, and behold, there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Cand- of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. How convenient. And the spirit said to Philip, Go and join this chariot. And when Philip had run up, he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, Do you understand what you're reading? He said, Well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the particular passage of Scripture he was reading was this one. He was led 
as a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before its shearer is silent. He doesn't open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate this generation? For his life was removed from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? <laughs> and Philip opened his mouth and began, beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. And they went along the road and came to some water. The eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. He said, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. He ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down to the water. Philip, as well as the eunuch, he baptized him. When he came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more. He went on his way rejoicing. Philip found himself in Azotus, and he passed through. He kept on preaching the gospel to the cities all the way until he came to Caesarea. What a neat story, right? Philip's out. And he has this, what we'd call a divine encounter. Maybe that's language that you've never heard. It's really wonderful language. A divine encounter is a term, a phrase given to when you're just out and about and God seems to suddenly be working in the, in the environment that you're in. And you leave and you started out going to get bread or get a hamburger or do something else. And all of a sudden you find yourself immersed in the work of the kingdom. So, from this passage, I want to encourage us in a few ways, and the first is uh, that we are sent to people unlike us. In verse 25, uh, he is, uh, first of all, he's in the Samaria area. Now, what do we remember about Samaria from the New Testament? Well, Samaria is always, what do you remember about Samaria? Uh, they were yes, they were enemies of Jerusalem. Does anyone know why they were enemies of Jerusalem? Yes, so during the dispersion six, seven hundred years ago, the Samaritans, the Israelites, and we talked about this last week or two weeks ago with the Grecians and the Palestinian Jews, you sort of had like purebred Jews, but then you had this, these folks that were from these exiled nations that were sort of considered, you're only half a Jew. And that's what the Samaritans were. You remember other times in the scripture, the Samaritans are always pointed out in moments of tension. It was the Samaritan woman that at the well where Jesus said, give me a drink. And she's like, why are you even asking me for a drink? Like, you don't even, your, your people don't even talk to our people. Um, it was a Samaritan that was the good Samaritan that was the one that actually stopped and helped. And Jesus was using that as, as an illustration. This is the person you wouldn't help, and he's the one that helped, whereas your own people didn't help you. And then in the story of the ten lepers that are cleansed, um, you might remember that nine were healed and left and didn't come back, and one did. And Jesus, when he pointed it out, he said, did no one return thanks except the Samaritan? Like the guy you'd think would be the last likely to care about what God is doing is the one that was soft. So we see in that that there was a difference. It was a tension, and it was probably... Uh, you know, a, a, a surprise. And then another part in this that's a tension is that Philip ends up uh, hanging out with a court official. Now, what was Philip's role up to this point? What do we know about Philip? We talked about this last week. Does anybody remember? He was a deacon. And what was his role in Acts chapter 6? He was waiting tables, feeding widows. So, you have a table servant who is now interacting with a court official. 
Could there not be a more, you know, difference between those two? Very, very different. Yet he found himself interacting with them. I want to show you a few pictures um, of this lady I know. This is uh, 1994 or 5, and that's my wife there on the left. She took a medical mission trip up to a neighborhood called the Barrio in Philadelphia. Um, horrible place, horrible place. It was a uh, neighborhood full of drugs, gangs, prostitutes, all the stuff. Um, and they went up there uh, under the guise of, we're here to provide free immunizations for your kids. And then, of course, they shared the gospel and prayed with people. And she did this for two months. Let's go to the next slide. Uh, here she is with some, some, some guys. Are those, I don't know. There, are they gang members? Are they church members? I'm not sure. Um, and uh, to sleep, so they lived in this medical mission. It was like eight weeks up there. It was, if, if you've ever been up there in Philadelphia, it's hot in the summer. And uh, they lived in this big old house right next to the barrio, which was horribly unsafe. And uh, so the house didn't have air conditioning. And the streets, especially when the sun was on the black streets, these are all the stories that she would have shared today, but she's serving in kids' church. And uh, she said it would get so hot because you're out there in the streets all day long um, and dressed like that. And the sun on the black streets would just radiate the heat back to them. And then they'd be hot all day, sweating all day. And then they would go back to their house that they rented at night. And it was like 40 different medical people from different churches and campus outreach. And then they would take a shower to get wet. And then they would go to bed laying, soaking wet in their beds to stay cool all night. And she did that for two months. Let's go to the next picture. Um, here she is with a little girl, and uh, you see that clipboard, something important's going on. Does she look like she belongs there? No. She's just a, like, mountain girl from Tennessee that's studying over at the Medical College of Georgia. And uh, we can end the slide. Thank you. I, I, I thought it, that was such a growing experience for my wife, and um, when you are thrust into something that is so different than your norm, you get to see life over here. And I would encourage you, you know, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5. He said, don't just love the people that are easy for you to love. The Gentiles do the same. It's no credit to you. You've got to learn how to love the people that you don't want to love, Right? And so, as we talk about mission, the first thing I want to just illustrate from this passage is that you're going to be sent to people that are not your comfort zone, okay? Nod your head if you understand what I'm saying. They're not going to be the people you think that you can relate to. You're going to, you're going to think, I can't relate in any way. And I love what Chris said because it's true, and this is what I've learned as I've said this over and over lately from meeting a thousand homeless men. They are just like me. You think they're not. You think those little kids that don't speak English are not like my wife who's in school at Medical College of Georgia. But when you spend a few moments with somebody, you, here's what we learn, guys. And this is what we learned out the other day on the street with the young lady that the fellows were talking about during free prayer. We're all scared. We're all worried about things. We're all insecure. We all don't know 
at the core. And when we can start to connect with people because we're willing to get outside of our comfort zone and stretch across the pond and spend time with a Samaritan, your soul will grow if you're willing to do that. So the first part of this is that we would push ourselves outside of in order to love others. The next is that we're sent in supernatural power. We have an angel that shows up in verse 26. In verse 29, the Spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. So we listen for those subtle voices of the Holy Spirit when we're in situations, and we obey what He says. And as I've said many times, if I don't obey, I don't get the next thing. But if I do obey, I do. And... uh, Then in verse 39, one of the neat areas of uh, Scripture, uh, to me, tell your friends, the Lord snatched Philip. I always wonder what did the Ethiopian eunuch, because it says he he saw him no more. So, like, how did that happen? You ever wonder about these stories? Like when the axe head floated up and, like, the, the shadow stopped on the stairs for an hour or two, you know? Or, like... Philip was there, and the Lord snatched him. And it's kind of interesting because it says in verse 40, he, Philip found himself in Ozedos. So was it like, Poom! oh, okay. You know, <laughs> like what did the Ethiopian eunuch experience? Did he, who knows? It's just the neatest, neatest thing. And, um, but that is to say that supernatural power will, uh, will, will, accompany us. And that was the promise that Jesus said. He said in Acts 1.8, the Spirit will come upon you, fill you with power, and you will be my witnesses. So we have to trust and walk in the authority and power that we've been given by the Holy Spirit. That when we go forward in His name and pray for someone for healing or share the gospel or feed the poor, we're going in supernatural power. We're not going just in our power. We're relying on him. And by the way, you can go in your power, and it's going to be kind of, kind of be like this. But when we go in his power, and we wait on his power, and we rely on his power, things start to happen. And the story that uh, Chris referenced is we were out there doing our thing. 600 people drive by here between 7.30 and 8.30 a.m. I know because I counted I stood there for an hour and counted before we started this ministry many years ago. And we stand out here like this. Hey, vote Democrat, vote Republican, vote for Ross Perot, Reagan, Carter. No, no, that's not our message. Our message is, can we be in your life? Can we care for you? Can we pray for you? And uh, it was so cool, you know, to see the Lord move, the um, young lady that we were talking about. I mean, guys, it was... It was a bad story. It was a hard story. People were murdered and dying. Two people in the family were literally that moment on the run from the police. Like on the run from the police for murder. One of them was 16. So we have coffee and putting creamer in the coffee and talking to this young lady, hearing the story. And then the moment came, can we pray for you? And before that, um, we said, do you know Jesus? We want to start with the gospel. Do you know Jesus? And she seemed to have some relationship with Jesus. She just wasn't connected at that point. And so as we began to pray, um, 
as uh, many of you have experienced, uh, gee, she just immediately began to shake and just cry. And not just a few tears, just crying. That's the moment that I was like, look, see? Because, and this is why I always tell folks, if you're in a situation where you're praying, keeping our eyes open, it's awkward, right? But when you see the Holy Spirit moving on someone in power, I mean, how many times have you met someone and within 10 minutes, a complete stranger, they are shaking and crying in front of you? It doesn't really happen often, okay? That's not like normal life. But when that happens, it's God moving. And that, those things don't have to happen for God to be moving. But that was one of those more dramatic times. And, um, and, and just so, so encouraging. And as soon as the prayer ended, and we all three prayed for her, um, I got just the best hug from someone I just met, full on, you know, and held her for a long time. So we are sent in power. We're sent to those unlike us, and we're sent in power. And the, the, the last thing I want to point out from this is that the word always bears fruit. The word always bears fruit. You may not feel like it, but the word always bears fruit. Isaiah was the passage. It was explained. He was baptized, and he was very happy, it says, that he was filled with joy. And uh, this is a little bit of a turn from the focus on mission. I, I, this message in morning is focused on mission. But um, I really feel this is something the Holy Spirit wants to emphasize. And I'm going to read to you from Isaiah chapter 55, just two verses, 10 and 11. As I was preparing this, I felt the Lord really wanted to highlight these for us today. Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. It says, As the rain and snow come down from heaven and don't return, there without watering the earth, making it bear and sprout, and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. So in Philip's case here, he sees beautiful fruit <clears throat> coming from his acting on God's word. And I, I want to encourage us today as we talk about mission, but I think this is a broader sense for the, for the morning. Um, the things you're doing, they matter. It, it, we have these silly, you know, we have a, look at this sign we made. Welcome, a group of Jesus believers meets here to hang out, discuss faith, and enjoy food. You can join us, just knock. We put this outside of some of our home groups. It's pretty, what is, it's kind of cool, right? A little cheese, like little awesome. Like what would you think if you were like far from God and you saw some sign like this? What are those nut jobs doing in there? <laughs> some kind of blood sacrifice or something, you know? I mean, I love this. I love this. That bears fruit. A stranger is saying to another stranger, you can come in my house, just knock. Like, maybe we can be friends. Do you think the world needs that right now? Like, people that just, and I'm not saying, like, let anyone in. You know, we've got to be careful. We have these matches that we've had for over 10 years. This is Vineyard. There's like 20,000. Take them, give them to your friends. Jesus is the light. You open it up, and you realize you're 
being invited to something. We hope this small gift brightens your day. Hey, they're very easy to use. Let me show you how they work. They work. Look. It's all, it's all a thing, right? It says here, Jesus is the light. There's the light. So you can light a candle or your cigar or maybe help start a fire in your backyard. Do your thing. What do I do with these? I don't know. Everyone needs matches, right? What's the point of all this? Guys, I think every one of those matchbooks I hand out, I think every kind word. What did Jesus say? Every cup of water you give to someone matters. Every effort we make to follow God and do what right matters. And a lot of the times you won't feel like it. And I'm going to tell you this. I think the times you don't feel like it but you still do it might matter more than the times it's easy and you do it and it's fun. That's what I've learned. Years ago, I was going through a horrible time and I wondered why I was doing anything that I do. I felt like I was failing as a husband. I felt like I was failing as a father of four children. I felt like I was failing as a pastor. And it was one of those seasons in my life when it seemed that nothing was working. And I was talking to a mentor of mine and I was in a very emotional state and just crying out to him and talking and I told him all the things and I spent a lot of time sharing. And at the end of it, I said to him, Andy, I just don't feel like anything I'm doing matters. And he said to me something that I'll never forget. It etched into my soul. He said, Jeff, all of it matters. And there was this long, awkward pause. I let that settle in. All the trying and the failing, all the feeble attempts at being a Christian and doing what's right, all the pain, all the failure, all the disappointment, all the hurt I had received from other people. Every bit of that in God's economy matters, guys. And I would tell you in your life, as we just read from Isaiah 55, he said, it will bear fruit. If it's surrendered and done unto the Lord, it will bear fruit. Keep pressing on. So the book of Acts, the fruit of this, did that matter? You know what? What's the fruit of that, what we just read? Philip deciding to go out. The fruit is you sitting here. See, if he had never done that, the gospel would never have gone out of Jerusalem. So there is fruit. There's fruit to Stephen's stoning. There's fruit to his teleportation. There's fruit, and the word will bear fruit. So my encouragement this morning as we talk about being the, the church of Acts um, is, uh, is go. Go. Embrace the mission to the people around you. Your mission field is the first 10 names you think of right now that you're going to experience in the next 24 hours. That's your mission field. Who are those people? You are sent to them. And maybe to the young lady at Cracker Barrel too, if the Holy Spirit's doing that. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. I want to invite some folks to get prayer this morning. A similar, uh, we had something last week, and I feel the Lord wants to, um, would, would, would encourage us again, if I could say that in a humble way. Um, and the number of us are in a, a season of warfare right now in this church. And if you're in that place, we want to pray for you.
for deliverance and for uh, empowering and encouraging, okay? So if, if you're in that place and you're, you're kind of beaten down uh, for one reason or another, maybe you're sick, uh, we want to lay hands on you and pray. So come on up if that's you and, and we will pray for you. Let's, let's pray together. Lord, I ask that you would empower us and send us the dry goods pantry, the mission, the free prayer, Cracker Barrel, whatever the things are, the matchbooks, the home groups. We just say, send us. And Lord, I ask that you would war on behalf of those of us here this morning that are in a, a place of struggle, a place of warfare. We welcome you. If that's you, come on up. Let's have some folks go ahead and come up. I think some more will get prayer, but I need to, some people to go ahead and start praying for those who've come up. Father, I pray that you would speak your truth this morning and that it would, it would destroy the power of lies in us that we're hearing and listening to. Lord, we invite you to work. Father, I pray that you would bless this bingo game we're playing as a church this month. I ask you to pour out your spirit. As it says in John, without measure upon our kids. I pray for our kids to experience the gospel of Jesus. I pray for them to experience the filling of the Holy Spirit in a fresh way. And just we ask you to move, Lord, afresh on our kids and youth. May it be, Lord. You guys getting prayer, take your time. To the rest of us, peace, amen. Have a wonderful Sunday afternoon. See, see me, guys, tonight for youth.